Julia E. Hampton CPA PC has been your trusted source for local tax preparation, payroll, and business services for more than 20 years. Do you have a tax strategy heading into 2019? You should. Call Julia Hampton today, 816-554-0394. Tell them Chase and Nick sent you. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I'm Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who is, again, getting sucked in by the Royals' hot finish to the season. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. There is nothing like garbage time wins. That is true, man. It gets you the year. You're like, oh, next year, next year, next year, and the next year comes. I got to tell you, twice in the last eight days, I've had diamond club seats. Wow, who are you kissing up to, and why have you not shared your great bounty with your good friend and podcast partner, Jason Orbury? Trade secrets, man. Trade secrets. I can't let you know. I think I think my friend status might be uh, subtly been downgraded below Diamond Club. Don't let him know there's a new search for a host. <laughs> Nick Parker is the publisher of Link to Lee Summit, and it is the source for all the news you need about this very fine city. And today's unofficial sponsor is My Lawn, which by the way, you darn kids need to get off of with your bad driving and your changing stuff and your making mistakes and bad things in the city. Get off my lawn. Sorry. Long hair, loud music. Uh, it was uh, it was a it was a challenging drive home from work today. Let's just gonna put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, there's not a lot going on in the city, but there's a couple things that I do want to bring up going on at City Council right now. The first is, coming up this week will be the new development plan for a new fire department station number three. This is kind of a cool thing because it's one of those things that said they were going to do it, and now they're doing it. That's true. We like easy things like that. It does. It came through Planning Commission a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's now going to be through there. Um, I'm going to say this just uh, straight up. It's it's architecturally uninspiring, but it's a modern firehouse facility, which I think is the thing they were shooting for. Yes. So, yes. Anyway, so if you're interested in seeing that, that the progress, we voted on it. We put bond money on the line, and it is being built as requested. It's there. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. This is a much-needed uh, upgrade. For the local fire department. Yes, I know. Every time I drive by the old fire station three, I look at it and went, man, how do we do that in a city of 90,000 people? <laughs> but back when it was built, there were like nine people out there. So it was like really literally for John Knox and the nine people who lived west of there. There are a few more than that now. They have a, a few more needs. The other thing I want to bring up, Jason, this one is probably a topic of more conversation. There have been a lot of other people around town, specifically around the downtown area, talking about this one. This is something that came before you on the Planning Commission. There is a proposed development coming before council this week for a new building in downtown. It's the lot by the Historical Society and Museum, and then also up toward Market Street, toward across the street from where we are right now at Bridge Space. In the Bridge Space Studios. Jason, it's a little bit, there's some controversy around this. Well, not not a lot. I think it's more just discussion about best Mo- use. Mostly controversy that I yelled about and made a whole big mess of on uh, at Planning Commission. But we wanted to talk about the process, a little bit of what some of the concerns and, and issues that were raised are and how those kind of impact downtown and development downtown because we do like to talk about development. Well, let's just set it up first. It is a proposed office building 
with a 10-year lease to Reese and Nichols Realtors. So this will be moving the office currently over on 291 to an office in downtown Lee Summit. It also includes a parking lot, which is, Jason, that's where the controversy comes in. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to the parking lot and the parking discussion in a little bit. But first, let's talk some about process where it's out now and how it got there. Okay, so in any development process that requires a development plan, like um, in the central business district or any number of other places, but uh, the the developer and all the various departments to kind of get all their ducks in a row, and then when they've reached a certain point, the staff, they work with staff and all the various departments to kind of get all their ducks in a row, and then when they've reached a certain point, they hold a public hearing at Planning Commission where the, the the application is talked about by the applicant, the staff, the staff's concerns are listed. We get public input. The planning commission asks questions. They have their discussion. It's very similar in a lot of ways to what you see at city council, a little bit less formal because we're not quite as adherent to Robert's rules as they are at the city council. We get along better. And so you see you see that process. So what happened is it came to, it claimed to the planning commission, of which I am the chair, full disclosure. Uh, and we had, there was a lot of discussion about it. A lot of uh, local business owners, property owners, residents, other people came, spoke about the project. Staff made an unusual, what I will say is for them, an unusual recommendation. They recommended approval of the building that faces Main Street towards the train station, but they recommended not approving the parking lot that would be on Market Street. Let's pause there really quickly. And, and so before things come to you, you get a recommendation from staff. Right. And that there, goes to you. There is a staff recommendation that comes to us, and then we will vote on that and make a recommendation of approval or denial of that application to the plan, to the city council. Because there's no real power in planning commission. Right. There's no real power um, if we vote for some gets a just all that information is information that is generated, given to the city council so that they can talk about it. Um, with more information than they might otherwise have. So um, after a lot of conversation, um, some of it fairly heated, I raised a fair number of criticisms of the whole of the process and the project, not all of which is really all that productive to, to rehash here, but essentially what happened is there was a recommendation, four to three, so seven people were there on the Planning Commission of the nine, four voted to recommend an approval of the essentially the recommendation of staff so to approve the building but not the parking lot and now now things are a little bit different the right. staff has changed its recommendation which is and i will i will say this i i don't pay always pay attention to the process between staff recommendation through planning commission and on i don't know that i've seen this where staff is now changing their recommendation based on changes the developer has made Right, and it's, it's not altogether unusual for an applicant to make some changes to their application between planning commission and city council. Often there's, there's criticisms or things. Common ones are like landscaping placement, maybe some other pieces like that, some decorative stuff like that. Yeah, the difference here is this is a, this is a pretty significant development change. Right, and so this is probably in my years on the planning commission, the largest change in an application after planning commission that I've seen. Um, what they've done is they have proposed, they've changed the parking lot, made it like squeezed it into a smaller piece on the lot and they put a small building, a proposed small building facing Mark on Market Street, facing Market Street, 
to sort of address some of the concerns that were raised about parking and, and those issues that were out there. What we're looking at is now a proposed about I'm going to approximate here 25, 2600 square foot two story building. Right. Well, 5,000 by the time you take two stories, but yes, yes. 2500 square foot footprint two stories. Right. Um, and and so there's some it raises some interesting questions. Um, one that's a pretty significant change and. And it would be interesting to see how, and the city council has, especially I would say is since the new council has sat, has taken opportunities to remand things back to the planning commission on a number of occasions. They haven't gotten everything they want. They feel like there's more information, or maybe they say, hey, you need to make these changes and then run it back through the system. This is as big a change as I've seen, like I said, post planning commission. So one of the options that the city council has is to do that if they feel like the change is too big and it needs to be revetted at the commission level. Um, alternatively, they can judge judge it for what it is and approve it or, or not approve it going forward. Um, but it's an interesting thing. And I think, you know, that's one question that needs to be answered. But I, and I think that the, what they were trying to do is address the concerns that were raised at the Planning Commission and have been raised, I think, by the community, is, is the parking lot a good use of land, a very valuable and central piece of land in downtown, is that a good use of land? And I think they're trying to address that by saying, here, we're going to use a portion of it for a building, so it gets that use, but we're also going to have this part. We're going to have the parking too. And, and then let's let's now bring in the other point of it, which is the parking, Jason. That's been really this the thing that's prompted a lot of conversation, a lot of questions from business owners, property owners, other stakeholders around around the district. And back to what you just said, which is the is that the best use? So, Jason, I want to just narrow this down because I think this is the center of all of these discussion. Two things, actually. Is parking the best and use of land in this area? And how important is it for us to add this much more parking to our downtown area? I, th- I think the talk about need for parking runs in a lot of circles. Right. Okay. So I'm going to try to tackle this in a couple of different places. One is, as a general whole, parking is not the highest and best use of developable lots like that. There is a fair bit of parking available downtown. There's on-street parking. There are city-owned lots um, on Market Street right across from that development right here next to the Bridge Bay Studios. Uh, there are There is, of course, the City Hall parking garage, and there are other smaller city-owned lots throughout the downtown. There's one on 3rd Street, and, and the city just purchased a plot of land at 4th and Southeast Main that, as I understand it, they're going to turn into a parking lot. Um, here in the relatively short-term future. So there's, these are, there is parking that's out there. I would stand for the proposition that putting a surface parking lot in to, to fit the needs of a building is not a good use of the land that we have available to us. Reasonable minds can argue about that. But in a dense downtown environment, it is something that you can't, you know, land is very valuable and very tightly packed in a dense downtown, and so parking really needs to be densely packed together. Um, and and there's a lot of bits and pieces to that, but that is that is one thing. And it, and it's parking in the downtown of Lee Summit is very different than parking at every single other place in the city. And and that's something that I think takes time for people to get adjusted to, and to become comfortable with that there's an expectation or there is no expectation even that you can be able to sort of park in front of the place you are going 
except in a few limited circumstances. Walkability is, is, is meant to be part of the experience. Right. It is something that's there. And by not having a parking lot out in front of every store, you create the capacity to walk from one thing to another very quickly and very easily. And you get the nice tall buildings that are right on the street front and all of that. If every one of those buildings had to have a parking lot in front or behind it, all of a sudden our land looks a lot different and it looks like, well, everywhere else in Lee Summit, which is not what people want downtown Lee Summit to be. I think what we're seeing, and now I'm going to kind of try to bring all of this back together, is this is how the process is supposed to work, is people have chimed in with their questions and their comments. The planning commission has chimed in with its questions and comments. The city staff has done their recommendations. And so now we're at a point where we're going to see the conversation at the city council level. We're going to hear their comments. But all along in this process, the developer has made changes based on that. Right. And and that's, I, I mean, that is in its, in its best form, what we're trying to accomplish here and why we encourage people from this podcast to go to those meetings, to have those comments, to give that input, because it makes a difference. The comments that were raised by some of the business owners and property owners here in downtown about safety concerns in the alley between the proposed parking lot and the buildings that front on 3rd Street were taken seriously and the changes that were made included some changes to enhance the safety and the traffic ability, uh, that's a word I'm sure, um, of that alley and make it more safe for cars to come in and out. Here's another place I want to add a new sound effect. Anytime we make up a new word, we should have a sound effect. I'm sure it shouldn't be a positive one as a whole. So (laughs) I think it's important that we've had all kinds of public input and obviously the city council has not had their chance to weigh in and the city council has shown that they are responsive to public testimony and that. So if you have you've looked at the application or you have an interest in this positive you know for or against or for a parking lot or against a parking lot for the second building whatever your concern might be you should go to city council on thursday and participate in the public hearing and give your voice and it should have an impact on the final outcome of the application before we move jason to our guest for this week i want to remind people or actually it's not a reminder it's a teaser monday's community voices podcast we have a special guest we will be talking with the new chamber president blake fry actually that's dr blake Blake fry Fry. um he says he doesn't use it often but he is a phd so it's doctor i think he only uses it when he's like he wants to come in i think first time he's up in front of city council and they want to talk about something he's like my name is dr blake fry (laughs) <laughs> I think just any time, you know, he talks to low lowlifes like us, well, probably. We should probably use Dr. Blake Fry. I don't know if they, <laughs> he should use it, but we probably should. Anyway, uh, it's a really good conversation. It's a nice way for people to, to meet the new chamber president and kind of hear a little bit about what he plans on doing and the role he hopes to take. In I'm assuming community. the first thing he's going to do is get rid of Oktoberfest because that thing's nobody enjoys that, right? Uh, no. That, that would go in the pile of bad ideas. Hey. We're a week and a half away from Oktoberfest. Next week's show, Jason, we will be previewing Oktoberfest. That's true. And I believe we'll get to talk about beer. We do get to talk about beer. Yes. That's way more fun than City Council. And food, because there's new food options. Speaking of food. teasing. Look at that tease. Speaking of food, tomorrow night, right here at Bridge Space, out on the parking lot, ladies, while you're out at Piccadilly... It's time for the gents to come to Bridge Space because there is a wings contest. Wings for Water. It's a fundraiser. And we've got Chris Turney here the, who runs this, this fundraiser event. And he's going to tell us all about it. And by the way, there's food involved. So that's also very good. 
and there's a charity involved, which is also very good. So it's good. Let's give it a listen. We are here with Chris Turney from Wings for Water. Chris, how are you this afternoon? Doing great. Good afternoon, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. First, first things first. We're just going to note this for the record. You did not bring wings. Didn't bring wings. I brought two shirts. They don't go bad. They don't taste as good. Yeah, it's true. I can't I, I can have a hard time eating. I don't want to dip my shirt in blue cheese and try to eat it. That's not great. So, But if you're like me, you will end up with sauce on it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, but I think a Wings for Water shirt should have sauce on it. Good point. So that's a good deal. And we purposefully do this just audio, no video, so you don't get embarrassed when you spill the wing sauce <laughs> on yourself. Because, you know, I get the face, the shirt. <laughs> it's a whole body experience. Yeah, right. It's a whole body experience. All right. So let's start with the simple thing. What is Wings for Water? My goodness. Wings for Water is something that's been a lot of fun. Um, Started off as a little shindig that I hosted on my patio back in 2011. I, uh, our youth group at church had a silent auction, and almost as a joke, I put into the silent auction an, an opportunity to eat wings and watch the Royals game on my patio. And I had 10 blanks, and the top 10 bidders got to come. I kind of thought I'd get three bidders, and <laughs> there ended up being a little bit of a bidding war. And so for year after year after year, we did this shindig out on my patio, and last year, when I was involved with World Vision, I got involved in training for the marathon and raising money for it. One of my buddies decided that he was going to challenge my wings, that mine weren't the best in the world. And y'all can probably appreciate my response to that. I'm sure it's something along the lines of, nuh <laughs> Something very similar. And uh, he happened to be a Patriots fan as well, which is even worse, right? And so there, are, few, there are a few things worse. Oh, a few things. If well, he had said he was a Cardinals fan or... You know, Raiders too. Well, I can almost tolerate Raiders over I, in St. Louis. Well, let's let's we're going to have to have that fight on the regular podcast. So. <laughs> another yes, another controversy. That's what we like, right? No. Mm-hmm. Well, so he challenged my wings, and as a Patriots fan, I said, "Well, you know what? The Chiefs are playing the Patriots on the opening night of the NFL season, Thursday night football. This was last year, September seventh." I said, "Let's have some people over to my patio. I'll show the game. We'll eat wings. You'll bring yours, and we'll have people vote with their money." to see who has the best wings. Well, as my wife will tell you, things often start as a little small, harmless idea in my head and blow up into something unreasonable. And uh, that's kind of what happened last year. We ended up renting out the community center at Winterset Park, had about 150 to 200 people show up, had eight of my friends cooking wings for the crew, had a live band kicking off the football season, and we saw the Chiefs, of course, pound the Patriots. Turned out to be an amazing night. So that led into what this year became. The community really rallied around this idea. So I formed a 501c3 nonprofit this year uh, to basically host the event. Uh, we came up with some sponsors that wanted to cook the wings and sponsor the event. And, You're allowed uh, to name drop those here since it's for charity. Well, absolutely. Yeah, we actually have a lot of community uh, folks out there. Uh, my neighbor, Bo Brown, is a mortgage uh, lender with MoBank. Um, my law firm actually got behind it, the, the law firm of Van Osdall, uh, United Heating and Cooling. Um, they, they, they jumped at the opportunity to be involved as well. And they have three cooks, and uh, these guys are really excited to come out. And then y'all probably know Reinhardt Food Services. They cut me a deal on the wings that I just couldn't believe. And uh, you know, companies like these four that are out there that really wanted to get behind the idea of clean water. And so the format's going to be the same as it was last year. We're going to have guys out there, people out there cooking their wings. 
It's open to the public. Anyone can come out. You try a wing from each booth or as many booths as you can. The only thing is you want to vote for your favorite wings with your money. And all of the money that goes into the buckets at the event will go to clean water efforts worldwide. Awesome. So I guess we'll talk to us a little bit about uh, clean water efforts and what what ca- brought you to, to pick that as your as your uh, as the subject matter of the beneficiary of your your wing excess, as it were. For some reason, I've always had kind of a thing in my gut wanting people to make sure, you know, make sure people had access to clean water. But where it really came to fruition was when the Royals were in the playoffs in 2014. I was at the AL uh, division game uh, where I think we were playing the Orioles. And uh, <clears throat> there, was, there were two empty seats next to me. And I said, who doesn't come to this game? And just as I was saying that to my buddy, this couple walked in, super nice couple. And it turned out he's an engineer at Burns McDonald. And his office was directly across the parking lot from mine. As we got to talking, it turns out that he actually has a nonprofit where they take five to six trips per year into third world villages, and they install big water panels, like nine-foot water panels, and create a clean water system for these villages. I thought that was just amazing that an engineer with Burns Mac had that uh, kind of you know, courage to go out and do something like this. And uh, so we've kept in touch ever since. And then, as I mentioned earlier, um, I got kind of sucked into training for the marathon, the Kansas City Marathon last year while raising money for World Vision. And that's when my eyes were really opened to, to the staggering numbers, uh, the, the clean water crisis that we have in the world. So, so what are, are there different groups that you, that you are supporting with this, or is, it, is there one particular group that you wanna, want to support? Because I know there are, there are lots. <laughs> There are several, and uh, it was important to me that this is not my thing, right? I mean, it, it's kind of an idea that was born uh, myself and a, a couple of buddies, and it's grown, but I don't want it to be me, right? And so I have a board. We, uh, Wings for Water has a board of eight people, and with all the proceeds that come out of this event, whether it's sponsorships or the people who are voting with their money, whatever that is, it's going to be a board decision where it goes. But I know that there's you know, three or four entities at least that uh, we're particularly interested in. And, and one is Agua Viva International, which is Jim Allen, the, the engineer that I told you about I met at the Royals game. Um, he's actually, his, his uh, outfit is going to be here. They're going to have a big water panel at the event to show people what it is they do. Um, there's another uh, organization here called GiveSafeWater.org, and they work f- uh, through a nun um, in, in Tennessee, I believe she is, but she takes a trip to Honduras every year, and she has $40 water filters, and she focuses on single mothers down there, making sure that they have access to clean water through their children. And then I know World Vision does a lot of great work overseas as well. Um, $50 through water, uh, World Vision will get clean water to a child for the rest of his life. It's pretty amazing what they do with the money. So what the board's going to do is ev- evaluate all these different opportunities um, to support uh, organizations that focus on clean water, not only evaluate how much of the money they actually put toward the projects themselves as opposed to administration or marketing, and make the best decision that we can. And then uh, we all know of cold water here in town. It's not as much a clean water organization, but as a local entity – and that provides basic needs for people here on our own backyard. We don't want to ignore uh, entities like that as well. Awesome. All right. So, you, go ahead. You just you just mentioned earlier the, about the, the the need and the the crisis globally. Can you paint a little bit of a picture of what you learned of what that what that looks like? Yeah, I always say it this way. It's the good news is 
there's around 600 million people that don't have access to clean water. Um, that, how is that good news? Well, it's because in 2010, that number was 800 million. And so by some reports that I've seen, there's, there, between 2010 and 2015, there were 200 million people in this world, that's a lot, who gained access to clean water every day for the rest of their lives. And while those numbers are huge and staggering, I like to think the fact that it's encouraging that, uh, you know, we're making a dent in, in that problem. Well, I get all into the engineering, but that's even over, that's over Nick and my head and capability of understanding all of that cool stuff. So I'm going to ask a key question here that I think is a really important one. What kind of wings are you making? My wings start off hickory smoked for about two hours. So I have my own special rub that my buddies try to get the recipe from, and I don't give it to them, but I do give them a rub sometimes. Maybe that's what I'll do next time I see you guys. Bring instead of rub. giving you a ring, yeah, instead of giving you a wing, I'll just uh, you, give you, you some rub. You give a man a wing, and he has wings for a moment. You give him rub, he may have wings forever. That's right, there but he won't, he won't be able to make the rub. That's the that's key, okay. Right? Well, yeah. but you got to keep a little bit for yourself. So. Right. So, so you're, they're, you're they're, rubbing them, smoking they're brined, them. No, they're brined and then smoked and then rubbed and then finished on the grill. So there's a nice dry rub wing that I like to make. And um, we, we had the event last year, and I like to say that I'm undefeated. Um, <laughs> we have way too many competitors this year. I don't like my chances. On the plus side, though, you're going to win because you're going to get all this extra. You're going you're to have the big event, the big plus for, for the charity in there. So you are winning even if your wings aren't the one that does it. And the event will be on September 20th. September 20th. And it's going to be here where we are right now at Bridge Space. That's right. In the back parking lot of Bridge Space, uh, we have a band lined up to kick off at 545. They'll play till 715. The Thursday night football game will come on around 730. And so everyone's welcome to hang out as long as they want. Awesome. And everyone is encouraged to bring their money. Donations go to who they think is the winner. It's absolutely right. Every tent will have a bucket in front of it. And after you try your wings, uh, vote for your favorite with your money and just trust us that all the money is going to go to clean water efforts. No one in my organization takes a dime. Now, if people want to be involved in this, whether they want to eat wings or not, and they just want to be involved, what, what would be a good way for people to either contact Wings for Water or just get involved? Well, I will have some forms at the event for anyone who wants to think about competing next year. There'll be a sign-up for that. Or anyone who wants to serve on a committee next year. One thing I learned this year is I need some committees uh, to, to do this again next year. And so we'll have some sign-up forms That's at the, the event. That is the true sign of, of really good charity work is that there are committees. So. That's right. <laughs> so come out to the event and you can sign up. But in the, in the event that you're not able to make it out, if you want to help in some form or fashion, we have an email ad address that's dedicated. It's wings4water, the number four, wings4waterkc at gmail.com. Um, we've been doing just about everything through a fa Facebook platform as well, and it's at wings4water, uh, the number four. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you for coming out and taking time to tell us about that and, well, honestly making me hungry to go eat some wings uh, for dinner. <laughs> so I really do appreciate that. I appreciate you both. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Chris. We always talk to people about shopping local, the importance of shopping local. Here's one great reason about shopping local is that you know the people you're doing business with. They're your friends, they're your neighbors, they're people you go to church with, people you hang out with. There's no better example of that than today's sponsor, Budget Blinds. 
not only are they great people in the community, but they also are great at their business. So when you need blinds or shades for your windows, interior decorating, they've got bedding, they've got headboards, mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff. And the coolest thing, we always talk about this one, they even have some blinds that you can control with apps on your phone or with your voice to the Alexa or the Google. They are super cool. That is cool. Hey, check them out right in the heart of our city in downtown Lee Summit. Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. 239 Southeast Main Street. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall with hosts Jason Norberry and Nick Parker. Catch us every Wednesday at linktoleesummit.com or subscribe to Lee Summit Town Hall on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app.